Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Health, Health Shift, Shift Revolution, Revolution. Bakersfield, California's premier holistic health network, featuring Roland Brown and Bobby Perrine. Two completely different guys on the same path with the knowledge, experience, and no-nonsense approach to help you navigate the way through the difficult journey of finding your way to holistic health. We're glad you stopped by. Take a second, slow down, and you just might discover that your goals are closer than you think. Take it away, guys. Good morning. Welcome to the Health Shift Revolution podcast. How you doing this morning, Roland? Hey, I'm doing great, Bobby. How are you? Oh, man. I was up at five, working out, meditation, feeling good today. Feeling good today. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Congratulations. I have not yet worked out today. Roland. Hey. <laughs> I start it's training up. people at 4.45 in the morning. My workouts happen in the midday. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll let you have it. Yeah. My I'll workout, it, I'll work out after we finish. Well, I worked on social media and videos and Tababta and all kinds of stuff yesterday. I didn't get to work out last night till seven o'clock. So exactly. Yeah. And you know what? That's the beauty of it. Uh, you just pick a time and anytime is a good time. Well, that's a good thing too. It's uh, like, like that muscle confusion science stuff for you if you're doing the same thing all the time your body gets used to it so you got to throw it a curveball every now and then yeah that's what they call a cheeseburger no not the <laughs> vegan world <laughs> <laughs> throw it a curve baby throw it a curve <laughs> one of these days we're going to talk about being a vegan all right yeah, <laughs> But today we got uh, some good stuff for you, man. We got some really good stuff for you because yeah, folks. exercise changes your life. And it, that is no small statement. That, that is a, a profound revelation that you get when you begin to exercise. Yes. So many things happen to you and unexpected stuff. Because my goal in the beginning, like I said, I burst into tears basically because I was a narcissist and I didn't want to look like that anymore <laughs> with the with the gut and the and the jowls and the things that was happening to me. So I got really self-conscious. So I started exercising and then all kinds, all hosts of things began to happen to me. Uh, better sleep, better sex, better, better energy, better uh, demeanor, outlook on life. Everything changed. And I was like this is just from exercise. So changing your diet a little bit and exercising a little bit can have profound effects on your life. Absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, the, the, the simple reality is we were created to move. Uh, we are not static creatures. We were designed right. for movement. We we're designed for activity. If you look around our daily lives, whatever we're called to do, no matter what, it requires a physical action. Right. And so uh, the this the idea of this passive sedentary lifestyle that's developed as a result of uh, modern technology and convenience is antithetical to the way we were actually created and designed. So when we just do what is uh, natural to us, and that's movement and stuff, and it's like we said, you know, the, the reality is there are there are benefits to physical fitness that we were never really supposed to have to, you know, uh, do as an extension or, or as, a, as an outward activity. You know, technology has right. made it, you know, made it where we actually have to be intentional about moving. 
you know, it, you start to think about that. It's like, you know, we always, you know, we talk about this that people are, are doing like, well, why do I need to work out? Well, all the things now that, that you, that we exercise for, that we train for, all of these kind of benefits uh, are enhancements to our lives. And uh, so, right. yeah, we, I think the biggest problem sometimes is people don't know what's enough. And what I mean by that is what's your minimum daily requirement? You know, right. there, there, there are, you know, well, there are five components of physical fitness, you know, to start with, you know, it's one, we got cardiovascular fitness, we got muscular strength, we got muscular endurance, there's flexibility, and there's body composition. Right. Okay. So each of those factors, um, you know, each, each of those components, you know, basically contribute to this cohesive uh, whole that works together. You know, and works together as optimally as possible. And then, yeah. yeah, so we can build off of that. If we get just the foundation, okay, what's my body composition supposed to be? You know, well, ideally, it's at least 80% lean body mass. So 20% body fat, you know, oh, objective. No, 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 no. Four, you know? 14. 14. 14 no. is great. <laughs> you know what? And it's great if, if you were to, if that's your, it becomes your recreational activity. You know, mm -hmm. but it's like anything else. The 80-20 rule applies to about everything in life, you know. Yeah, and, it does. And so it's the same thing here with your body. If your body is more, uh, it's 80% lean body mass and only 20% body fat, then guess what? You're going to be healthy. You're going to be strong. You know, you're going to be, uh, you're going to have energy. You know, you're going to have all the, yeah. all the things you just listed. And it becomes an objective goal. So it takes you away from that idea of, okay, man, you know, I got to look like this. I can look like that. No, if you achieve this number and those, that simple 80, 20 balance in your body composition, you will see a body that pleases you and it takes minimum effort to maintain, you know, and, yeah, and if you can find a, a uh, like a rev nutrition or a GNC, sometimes they have those body weight composition yeah, you can do that or you and, can go uh, to a local gym or, you know, and, and things like that. But getting a body, just, you know, getting a, taking a body fat test, you know, and finding out what your body composition is. All, every personal trainer has a body composition analyzer, you know. And so it, whatever you do, find okay. a methodology, just do one and do the same one. You know, I have people come here, just do a body fat test and they'll come back a couple of months and do, an, and do the same one. Use the same methodology and then you can track your progress. Well, I'll be over later today. So, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always go, I always go to Rev Nutrition and stand on that machine and hold yeah. your arms out and it does all that thing. Yeah, exactly. I always do that. Exactly. And yeah. that's, but I didn't know about that. That's the thing I didn't know about. What I knew about was I had a gut. And when I looked down, I couldn't see important parts of my anatomy. And I, exactly. that was not that was not acceptable to me. So that's where the whole thing started. So if that's where you start, if it's because you're you're narcissistic or because you're, you know, you look at your body and you don't like what you see, that's okay. That's yes. okay. That's a good place to start. And then you start implementing those rules, the 80-20 rule, because that 80-20 rule goes so far in fitness. And I will go as far, far out on a limb to say here is as far as 80-20, it's 80% diet and 20% exercise. If you want to feel good, 
you've got to start with your diet and it has to be a major portion of your life. And that's what happened to me is my diet started to change. And as my diet changed, then my exercise picked up because then I started to have the correct macros and burning carbohydrates instead of storing fat and all the things that I learned along the way. But the thing is, you've got to control your portions. You've got to do just the tiniest amount of things. And as you begin to change and as you begin to feel good, you're going to surprise yourself as as far as jumping out of bed at five o'clock in the morning, feeling awake, that is not something I did, Roland, for and it's, years you know, that I did. And, and, and ironically, see, um, my clients, there was a period of time when, and, and in my training, I wouldn't even talk to them about diet until they've been training for six weeks. Food, training changes your diet anyway. Food is fuel. Yeah. And what happens in a supervised, like in a supervised setting like this, then, you know, we can work with an intensity level that offsets a lot of what people's, you know, eating habits are. And what you discover is that most people don't overeat on an all day basis. Most people overeat at particular meals and under move. So we started the process of just, okay, get out, start walking, you know, get out and start moving. When you start moving, you start burning calories because basically body fat is nothing more than stored energy. It's right. unused energy. And if you start moving and start using that energy, most people carry enough excess body fat that if they just start moving as far as what they're consuming in their diet and stuff like that, that will almost take care of itself because you don't, you, you know, there's an appetite that you gain when your activity starts to go up. But right. the thermogenic level for most people is so cold, is so low, that they're not burning calories when they're sitting around. So you start working on developing movement habits. Park at the end of the parking lot and walk to the front of the store. Right. You know, don't spend, you know, and, and see, it's, it's funny because, you know, you can always tell uh, – with the gas prices, you know, the way they are now, you know, people are getting the first space and parking and they're walking all the way down there. They're, I don't care. The closest to the drive in, I drive in here and I park, I walk. I'm not going to spend that 10 minutes trying to find a parking space up close because that's $5. That's 20 bucks. Okay. So I'm not there you, go. you know, so we start tempering ourselves with this kind of, these kind of habits and activities, but those are the little things taking the stairs at work. You want to start getting some movement in your life? Take the stairs at work. Uh, even when you get to the when you get to work, you know, park further back in the parking lot and then walk, you know, to the front door or walk to your office. It just when we start putting a mindset like that in, we can start doing things that will offset some of the um, habits that we have right now, and you begin the right. process. So and yeah, starting slow, starting slow. I preach it. Like start the slow gospel. Start and slow. stay steady. The number one uh, component of physical fitness is consistency. Yeah. Right. There's, there's no matter what you do, if you keep doing it, you'll get results from it. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, the things, the things that outwardly changed, those were shocking to me because, uh, you know, I, I got the thinner face and I got the muscular body and I got... I got better balance and I got, I look better and I, I'm friendlier, I'm more outgoing. 
it is the things that when you look at the science of exercise, it can slow cognitive decline. Okay, as you get yes. in your older years, exercise stops that cognitive decline. It helps with back pain. It helps you go to the bathroom. It's yes. it's everything that you ever wanted to be is locked up in some exercise. And it's locked up in physical activity. Yeah. Yeah. The expression of physical activity. Right. You're we, we know that uh, metabolic diseases are minimized. Cancers, you know, are minimized. Your, your susceptibility even to, uh, uh, what is it, uh, infectious disease is right. minimized. Um, and you talked about earlier the, the, your outlook, uh, your mental acuity, um, but, but the mood swings and mood things. So, you know, psychologists have, have prescribed, the psychiatrists provide, prescribe exercise, you know, as a form of therapy for depression, mm-hmm. you know. And right. so we're, we're, when we look at, all the things that are available to us, most of them are intrinsic. And, and the key to, the, to our relationships and, and, and really being successful in our relationships comes down so often to how we feel about ourselves. Right, right. And so if, if, you're, if, you're, if you have energy for other people, you know, the benefit of being, being physically fit my whole life, the greatest benefit is being able to have this high availability for my children when they were growing up. And by high availability, I mean, I was, I, you know, because of the flexibility of my schedule, you know, I could uh, go to their school and be the PE dad, you know, take the classrooms out (laughs) physical education, you know, and we play kickball. So we'd have kickball two days a week. I've got two daughters at the same school. So I've got to do kickball twice a week with two different groups of kids, you know, but you know what I got to do? I got to know all their friends. I got to know the parents. I got to know all their teachers personally. You know, the, the benefit that with my, uh, my youngest daughter, I went to chaperone every field trip from second grade, from first grade, I'm sorry, actually take that back from kindergarten. From kindergarten through sixth grade, I wanted every field trip that my second daughter, my youngest daughter was on. That's and awesome, man. It was amazing. And then I went to most of them with my, my first daughter. She was older. She went to the same school separately. But I got to go to all these events and, and to go. I got whale watching with my daughters, you know, go to the camp keep and do all that kind of stuff and hiking and taking them through all the things. But I participated in all of these events with them. And that is, to me, you know, the memories I will never, I will cherish for the rest of my life. And we talk about this stuff today. But even more importantly, you know, I run into their friends. You know, I ran into to one of the one of uh, my youngest daughter's always best friends uh, in elementary school, getting off a plane in Phoenix, and he's standing next to me there, and I didn't recognize him. He's a pro golfer right now, and the dude is like six two, you know, six one, six two, and I remember him as a first grader through the fifth and sixth <laughs> grader, and for the first time in my life, I turn and I have to look up to this kid who's got a beard, <laughs> who's, who's, taller, who's, who's five inches, four inches taller than me or so. And it's amazing. And I'm like, he's, you know, and what he says is Mr. Brown. And I'm turning around and I'll look up and I have to look up. I was like, what? <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that, that you realize, man. Um, and, and I was a late bloomer as a dad. My first, you know, my kids were born when I was in my forties, you know? So, um, I had to 
I had to take care of myself through that whole time. And it was, yeah. uh, it's fabulous. And, but those are the things that I encourage all the time. you got to have a why, you know, when you, when you, when you're doing this and then you have to know how, and then you yeah. have to understand how much. And it so, has to be that first awakening though. You have to wake up to the situation and you have to tell yourself the absolute truth. And when I look back and I say, you know, I, I self-isolated because I was hurt and I, you know, all the things that happened to me after that car accident. And I look back and I, and I think of all the times that I said, I don't like people. And I think truthfully, not everybody, but psychologically, I didn't like myself. Yes. I wasn't, and I couldn't go out and, and present someone that I did not like to strangers. So exactly. I self-isolated. I wore sunglasses in, in Walmart. I never talked to people. I It was an awakening that I had just recently, Roland. And you know, you know a completely different person than what I was sure. five years ago, 10 years ago. The person that you met in Albertsons would yeah. not have spoken to you. Absolutely. I would not have spoken to you. I would have looked at you and thought, that old man's in shape. I'm not. And right. I, I don't want to deal with him. So nowadays I'm friendly. I'm outgoing. I speak to everyone. If there's yes. a conversation to be had, I want to have it because the only thing that I don't have from you is your experience. And that's what I want from people. Exactly. And you're, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting because one of the, your personal experience is so different from most people's. Right. Most people are not, at a stage where they're going, oh man, I got to do something. Most people are at the stage where, and I should do something. You know, right. Too many, what I find is the hardest problem, the biggest problem we have is there are too many people that are happy or at least feigning happiness or comfortable. That's a better word. They're comfortable, comfortable. in their current right. physicality, their current lifestyle and their current way of living. Because most folks think that in order to do better, they have to deprive themselves of the things that they enjoy. It's an either or. It's been presented. So much of fitness is presented as black yep. and white, all or nothing, either or. So you're either, you know, sacrificing all your time, all your energy, you know, and all your money to getting in shape, and or you're not. And that is the problem with, with, with uh, that's what I want us to be able to get across to people that this fitness is supposed to be a component of your life. It is not supposed to be your life. Right. You know, right. Uh, we, you know, we've talked before about the, the things we see on our fitness feeds and stuff like that on Instagram. And it's like all the motivational stuff, even I, I you know, these things, you know, uh, you know, you can do it, you do this. And, and, and even the motivational, I was seeing some motivational stuff the other day and all this motivational stuff has guys doing guys and gals doing stuff that I don't even do. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and the voiceover is saying, you know, if you want to be the best, you know, and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, uh, no, um, <laughs> Wait a second. You're, Wait you're a second. Already, if you're, if you're doing all of this, dude, you're already there. And the problem you have now is a lack of recognition of your level of success. Now there you've you go. gone from success to obsession. Because if you can't see that you already made it because you're doing this, what this dude is doing in the picture, then we have a problem. Now we got to work on your mental health. 
Yeah. <laughs> this has ceased to be a physical issue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is all in your head now, brother, because <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't do that. You know, my, like, my favorite guy, dude, my favorite guy, I see him all the time on Instagram, Facebook, all the ads. He's hanging from one arm. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's ripped to pieces and he's doing uh, curls with the arm, with the other arm. And he's telling me, he's like, you want to be like me? And I'm like, well, hell no, I don't want to be like that. Exactly. That hard. <laughs> exactly. And anybody who is sitting there going, okay, uh, man, you know, if you, you know, open it up and that's the first thing you see when you're trying to look for direction, you right. know, uh, then you're going, no, uh, I'm just going to watch you do that because that looks so good. You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's what it becomes, man. It becomes like fitness porn, you know, you're just sitting <laughs> there, you know, watching people do stuff that even if you could do it, you probably wouldn't. Yeah. It's like my dad used to say, anybody in good enough shape to run a marathon is in good enough shape not to run a marathon. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I already like your dad. I have said the same thing. It's not that I, you know, and I used to tell my clients, it's not that you, you know, would wear a thong, but it's nice to know you could. I could if I wanted to, but no. Exactly. Exactly. So all of this is, is the subjective aspect of fitness and exercise and stuff like that. The subjective part is based on what you as an individual enjoy. Yeah. But the objective part is the part that we're talking about. You know, how many squats can you do? You know, what it takes the average, you know, person, you know, uh, what's considered good for an adult male, you know, adult female, you know, be able to do 20 to 40 squats. You know, yeah. that's that's what's considered good, you know, to be able to do the 25 to 40 sit ups, you know, that, yep. you know, an average adult male or female. So these are subjective numbers. That, I mean, objective numbers that everybody can go, OK, I know I can do this and I can do this. If my body can do this many sit ups, then I'm good. If my body can do this many, you know, uh, squats, then I can do this. If I can walk for three miles, then I can do this. If I can run right. a mile, then I'm good. So then now, now I'm in a position where if my wife needs help, I can help her. If my kids need me to go, you know, uh, do an event with them or some physical activity or go for a, a walk, run type thing and one of those fundraisers they have to do, all of those kind of stuff. You know, uh, if I need to go, one of the most endearing things that happened for me with a client was I had a, had a, had a client come in and his goal was to be able to go on the rides at Disneyland with his daughter. All right. Because they were just he was huge fans of his young daughter and he would have to sit to the side while they did things because he was, you know, he's a big guy already, but he was too heavy to, to go on some of these rides and stuff. That was our first goal. We got there. We got to the point where, and he comes back, you know, after their latest Disneyland trip and goes, man, we got to, you know, I got to go on all this stuff, man. I got, you know, and, and that is to me the, the reason, you know, that people need this because you start to discover that the little things in life, you think your life is great until you come up with something, up against something that puts you in a position of, as you said, opening your eyes. Most people haven't gone through trauma. Most people have you know discover that it's a matter of inconvenience and all of a sudden then it's an embarrassment 
And then now you're starting to lose memories. You're missing opportunities. Yeah. Fitness gives you opportunities. And, and miss, missed start- opportunities lead to self-loathing. And you don't want that, man. Exactly. You definitely, you definitely do not want to not like yourself. That's, right. Right. That's, and well, when, one thing here, I want to, I want to get just a, maybe a tiny bit controversial when, when we talk about body positivity, we should talk about body positivity from an aspect of health, not from an aspect of I, I'm comfortable with this. Or identity. Because, Correct. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's not say body positivity as a, uh, it's a, it's a health issue. When it becomes a health issue, body positivity is, is dangerous. Correct. Correct. Yeah. There's a certain, as again, you go back to the subjective body fat percentage, you know, that we talk about. Yeah. They're going to be, you, you can't make morbid obesity positive. Right. Okay. And I don't, I don't care. You can, you, what you can love about yourself uh, is great. But you can't love the morbid obese part of yourself. You can't. Right. If you decide that morbid obesity is something that you can wear as a badge of honor, then you're setting yourself up and you're setting your progeny up for a lifestyle of misery. Um, You are, there is nothing positive about being grossly overweight. Well, if that's you not watch, controversial, if watched, right? If you've ever watched that show, My Six Hundred Pound Life, exactly. I don't think any of those people were happy. That's well, that's not happiness. No, that's my six hundred pound existence. Right. Wow. Okay. That's that's profound to think about, right there. I'm <laughs> just existing, and I have yes. gotten that. I've gotten that idea in my life, sitting around watching TV, watching movies, gaining weight, being softer and softer and softer and getting more and more depressed and coming to that conclusion. Like I, I just exist. This is not life. This is not living. I don't want to be like this. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So if, if you, if you are looking for adaptation, the other thing too, that, you know, we said bad health makes you selfish. Uh, Poor health makes forces other people to accommodate you if they love you, you know? right. and frankly, even if they don't like you, they're still forced to accommodate. Uh, there's a reality here that uh, this, this idea, you know, that I make, that you have to make it possible for me to exist in my current state, regardless of what my current state is. And that that is going on. That's going on in this world. And so the reality is in life is life is not accommodating. Real life's not accommodating. Uh, The the, eventually all of our uh, bad habits, so to speak, or all of our abuses will catch up to us. Life is fair. Life is fair. You get what you you know, we, we reap what we sow. And, you know, that's a sobering reality, but it's one that we don't hear enough, you know, in our lives. We do. We reap what we sow. So right. it's just why we're called to love others, but not ta- not accept everything. You know, there are rules to the game. <laughs> and rules so the game. there are rules to the game, you know, uh, and, and loving people does not mean going along with them no matter what they're doing. Right. I agree. It's uh, still a controversial topic. <laughs> well, it's only controversial when people want to argue truth. 
I, I agree okay. wholeheartedly. I agree. Uh, you know, we, we label it controversial, but it's just truth. And it's stuff that people don't want to hear. So they call it controversial in order to shut you up. Right. But there's no controversy in, in this. There is no controversy in this. Um, you will be, um, if you are, if you maintain a lifestyle of gross obesity, you will uh, have metabolic issues. You will have orthopedic issues. You will have uh, cardiovascular issues. You will have uh, a shortened quality of life. Uh, if, if, if not a shortened life. And I always, you know, I hesitate with the shortened life part because, you know, healthy people die every day. So it's, right. you know, accidents and life happen. So you might live a long time in that state, which means that you are going to have to accommodate a continually deteriorating body in that state. And as you do, that means there will be less activity, less interaction, Fewer people will engage with you. You'll have fewer opportunities for your relationships. Eventually, people are going to park you somewhere and go about their business. Right, right. And I'm glad you mentioned that because when I lived in chronic pain from I, I broke 37 bones and, and we're talking about eight to 10 surgeries and I, all kinds of things were happening to me. But exercise reduced my chronic pain. Yes. It took away... It helps joint issues. It helped my back issues. It helped my chronic pain. Um, it weaned me. I, I weaned myself off of opiates, which all yep. uh, kinds a whole of things Absolutely, it's a whole a whole different ball game. My whole my whole life changed. And when people ask me and they see me light up and they're like, "Wow, you look so passionate," it's like, how can I not be passionate? Okay, I yes. went from feeling horrible, like I wanted to kill myself. To feeling like I could fly. And I tell people that sometimes when people ask me how I feel, I'm like, if I flap my arms hard enough, I feel like I could fly because yes. I feel that good. I knock the alcohol out and the drugs out and all the the bad food and everything gets better. Everything gets better. All of your coping mechanisms changed when you just started to clean, right. to move and clean up and, and, and do those things where... And all you did was exchange one coping mechanism for another one, but exactly. you changed you changed ones that were that were, were detracting or deteriorating to ones that were building and strengthening and uplifting. Yeah, all we're, people. All we're have, you doing know, is changing our all we're doing is changing our behaviors and our habits. Because light, our outside life didn't really change. My stress levels are still here, but Absolutely. my ability to deal with that level. I'm fine. Yes. I'm good. Exactly. Yeah. It exactly. used to be my stress levels are here and I'm going to have to go eat a chocolate cake and drink some mm -hmm. whiskey and smoke a yep. joint and everything I need to do to get myself to understand level this level off. So now I, I don't really stress. I don't get angry. My, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I talked to a lot of people about anger issues and, um, the Buddhism part of my life and how I just don't get angry. And people are like, that's unhealthy. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> right. I don't feel like I should be angry about anything. I mean, I'm, yes. I can get indignant still. And there are still wrongs in the world that I'm still like, that's not right. But my, the way I approach it is no longer with this uh, raw emotion of hate or anger or, you know, yes. all that's gone. It's right. all gone. Right. It's all gone. I can it's, just it's look no at something longer. and be like, okay. It, yeah. 
Yeah, well, and, and I think that has to do more with, you know, when we start not taking things personally. Yeah. There's a difference between being righteously, you know, righteous anger at the injustices in the world and the things we want to do about that versus being so sensitive that what we do is we take everything personally. It's all about me. And this, again, becomes it goes back to this when you're in pain when you're feeling bad when you when you have even even when you don't feel when you don't like yourself as you said you can't it's it's almost impossible to like other people love starts from here you know it yeah. love starts from from here um jesus said love your neighbor as yourself not instead of yourself <laughs> okay it's like here god understands listen if love doesn't start here Okay, then it's going to be impossible for it to overflow out of you, and right. it's it's what we're to, what we're to do. We're to overflow love for people, and so we start with doing the things that that help us love ourselves, and and not you know help us hide insecurities or become you know narcissistic or become self indulgent and those type of things. It's more about having this reality that I have value. Therefore, I do the things that I need to do because I value myself. So exercise and, and, and taking care of my physical self is an expression of the value that I place on my existence and the gift of, that God has given me for giving me life in the first place. It's my thank you back to him for giving me this opportunity to exist in this world. And so that very existence has to be uh, it's, there's a gratitude that must exist. And for me, and, I, and what, I, what I hope that people will begin to understand is that the expression of this gratitude is giving back this physical ability and your, your opportunity to enhance other people's lives in this world. You know, I wrote a post today that says that what most of us need is uh, Jesus and a weight loss plan. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is what we need today. You know, we gotta have a we gotta have a heart for others, and we gotta have a heart for ourselves. Well, if you do not have any spirituality, if you do not have any physical health, if you are losing your mental health, if you are losing all these things, there is no possible way you're going to get them all back at once. So, what you need to do is what we're preaching here. Everybody, listen within the sound of my voice. Please listen. Start somewhere. It, if you are unhappy across the spectrum, pick a point in the spectrum that you can control. And stop can, sugar. Stop drinking drinks. Stop drinking coffees. Do something that you know you're overindulging. You know it hurts you because when you eat a box of candy, you feel like crap. So tie those two things together and say, okay, if I stop doing that, that one thing, it can lead to other things. It's like a staircase that... that Absolutely. One step. I, I stop sugar. Okay. I stop sugar. I'm going to start taking a walk. And then you can start building this house of love and, and self-gratitude and feeling good about yourself. And like Roland says, when you pour in the cup and it gets filled up, what happens? The cup runs over and all that just pours out of you. And when I talk about body positivity being a negative thing, let me be very clear here. I am empathetic towards the people that are trapped 
and trapped in their own lives and trapped in their own misery. And that's why I'm here. That's why I came here. I want to set you free. I want to help you help yourself. And if you can escape that and, and smile at me, you're just filling my cup up more and it just pours over more. So get the work. Amen. Pick, pick something. Start with the, the what you said um, just now. The, the one thing you said is pick something you can control. You know, the one thing that we have, and this is the only, this is, uh, you know, the simple truth about control is we only have control over our own bodies and our own actions. Yep. Our reactions, our actions, our reactions. So one of the benefits of starting with your physical wellness is that you absolutely have control over your ability to do something for yourself. So whether Bobby, as Bobby said, whether it's starting with your diet, cutting sugar out, whether it's uh, knowing that you're, you know, eating a pizza at midnight is not going to be good for you. You know, any of those things, drinking more water, you know, drinking water yeah. every day, but getting out and getting physical, the, the body, your body is yours. And it's the one thing that you have the greatest amount of control over. So we, we want you to start with physical fitness because it tends to be the one area that you have the greatest control. Right. Right. And that's where um, we will preach until the, until they take us off offline. It's and then we'll you. preach after that. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll just stand in the marketplace and do it, stand on the corner and start doing it. We'll keep it up. been preaching this for 40 years and, uh, and it, it is a, uh, and it's never changed. This is the thing I've learned. Uh, you talk about the experience. I have 40 years of working with people doing this. You know what's never changed? People. People. Go. We got the same limbs. We got the same hearts. We got the same anatomy. We have never changed. You know, God created Adam and Eve, and he didn't improve upon the product. It was perfect when he said it. And so what we have to do is recognize that it's always the little simple things that are going to make the biggest difference in our lives. All right. Amen. I dig, I dig it. I got one thing to point out, though. You said Adam and Eve were perfect. They were vegans. so Exactly. And like I said, <laughs> until they mess that up. <laughs> until they mess that up. And then God right. said, y'all going to have to eat some meat. <laughs> All right, man. Remember, remember, God cooked the first steak. <laughs> there you go. All right. All, All right, right man. my brother. I appreciate just, you. All right. Just remember, take this week. Find something, something you can do. Pick something and make it better. And you make Amen. your life better. And we'll see you That's next right. week, man. Sounds great. Take care, Bobby. God Later, bless. Brother. Bye bye. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Roland and I are grateful for the time you spent with us today. If you liked it, subscribe because we'll be back every week to offer up that rational and reasonable advice on discovering your individual path to holistic wellness. It's time you join the revolution. See you next week.